And Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is a day to break down. A, wow, my levels are high. I'm sorry, folks, if I just blew out your eardrums. Um, it is a day for a proper breakdown. We are back for the AFC North, a cutthroat division. I was going through it, and I just forgot how damn good some of these teams are. Um, as always, I'm your host, Nate. We have Michael on the line for our, being our co-host once again to give you a great presentation. Preseason divisional breakdown. How are we doing today, good sir? I am doing well. How are you? I like this division. It's it's had some like it's always been good, but sometimes it's been kind of boring. But good division, good division. good division. I was looking through it and I was like, we'll obviously dive, deep dive into all four teams, but three of those teams are like I'm excited to watch their offensive products. Their defensive products are where I have a little questions, um, but a lot of a lot of fun offenses. I think we're getting this season. I think we should start with the best team the last two years. That is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they are right now favored to win the division at plus 150. Depending on where you are shopping, their win total can be anywhere from 11.5 to 11 maybe. Um, coaching tree is still intact. This is year four for this coaching group. Zach Taylor, I think I'd, he deserves a... Round of applause for me, to be honest, because you know what? I have absolutely hammered this dude every season. Called him an idiot because he was one, a terrible coach. Not really a terrible coach. It's always been, I think he's probably a good coach. It's just you can't he can't be a head coach and an offensive coordinator. Very few guys can do both. But you know what? Last year, he made some huge adjustments starting in week five that helped propel this offense into another stratosphere. Um... But new pieces out there. Joe Burrow, of course, is hurt preseason. You know, nothing new there. It feels like every year he's missed a chunk of time during the preseason. How do you look at this Bengals team in what feels like it's got to be this year that they win? Because after this year, they got to start paying some major pieces. Yep, that is something you do have to bring up. It's a fun team, but they are kind of running out of time here because starting to get expensive for them. Um, young team, very fast. Um, I like them this year. Uh, I liked them last year. I think we should you know, still like them this year. Joe Burrow, I, I, I think he hates preseason. I, hate, I think he hates training camp. <laughs> um, he's a gamer. He doesn't need it, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I like what they did here. They're, obviously, offensive line is always a concern with this team. They go out and get Orlando Brown. I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, we saw them address the offensive line last year. It helped. Still wasn't great. Um, love the weapons. How can you not? Best three wide, best wide receiver in the trio in the NFL easily. Um, I like them going out getting Irv Smith very cheap. He hasn't played in a while. Um, he's always hurt, but he's still young. Which I, I can't believe how young he still is. Um, so yeah, I, I have to love the offense. Defense is a bit of a concern. Um, you know, they have two new starting safeties who who might end up being actually better than the starting safeties last year. Um, so that might be something to look after. But um, yeah, obviously they're going to have to score some points because I think the defense is capable of being fine, but I, I don't think it's going to be great. Um, but as as far as it goes in this division, I I, I think they're going to be good offenses but i don't know about super high scoring offenses um i think cincinnati will probably be the highest scoring offense in this division so i i, I like them yeah no i uh i don't disagree the defense 
I think fine is the appropriate term to be using here. Like the the ambitions of being a top elite defense, just throw that right out the window. Um, Lou Amarillo, though, I've been huge on him the last couple of years because I think he is arguably, I'm not going to say he's the best defensive coordinator, but he is arguably the best at seeing what you're going to throw at it throw at them and then making halftime adjustments because this defense was night and day in the second half, which is what allowed them to kind of go on the, the run they went on there last year. Mixed with, as I said, Zach Taylor making some big adjustments. This is a guy who quite honestly was, in my opinion, very stubborn, um, loved to run heavy on first down. Um, didn't really do a lot of things that made sense to me, but this was a team that saw a lot of too high safety looks last season. And Zach Taylor, just jacked up their pass rate. Um, ended up being the the highest pass rate on first down after week five. They moved to more shotgun, less play action. Um, and Joe Burrow reaped the benefits of that. I mean, eighth in EPA per attempt, sixth in success rate, third in TD rate, first in total TDs versus two high safeties with the seventh lowest pressure rate. Now, that lowest pressure rate, I think you hit it on the head with the, the offensive line. That offensive line needs to come together. I think Joe Burrow, I think I saw he was he was top three in release time last season. If that even is a smidge slower, that man is getting just absolutely ragdolled back there last year. So that has got to go up. I think my favorite thing that happened, though, to this team is Joe Nixon looked around the room, took the temperature, and realized, oh, I should probably take a pay cut if I want to stay on this team. Because despite having the lightest box in the NFL, he was ninth in yards after contact, 34th in explosive rate, and 36th in yards per carry. Not good. <laughs> yeah, that is a good thing to bring up. Mixon did struggle a bit last year, and obviously he had some you know off-season distractions. Um, and... They did lose. I mean, you know, we don't really bring up backup running backs, but they lost Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, that that is a bit of an issue. So, yep. yeah, I mean, that is something to be concerned about for sure. Their schedule too. I mean, they it's tough, but they they also have some cupcakes in there too. So I I, I think they'll have a pretty good season. Yep. Already circling your calendars for the Week 17 Chiefs versus Bengals, which has turned into just a phenomenal rivalry. I mean, like, that has been the best. It's way more interesting than the uh, Brady-Manning rivalry as far as because the offenses are just so much more fun to watch. But that is kind of what it was. It's reminiscing of where it's like, oh, we're going to watch two Titans go after it here. Um, so very excited for that. But yeah, the, the schedule is, well, surprisingly balanced. Like, they have... A few stretches where you're like, oh, shit, they're playing some really tough teams, and then they get a couple breaks in there. So um, not too bad of a schedule. I don't know if I'm doing anything with the win total. It's a little high for me right now. Yeah. I That's kind of where I sit at. Um, I also like the comment on the safeties. I love the battle pick. They are losing their two safeties. We'll see. And they lose Eli Apple, which I know people in Cincinnati are not overly sad about, but, you know. The dude could still ball. Um, like he was a so- he added depth to a secondary that you you desperately kind of need. Um, you lose your two safeties, you lose another couple corners, and like Trey Flowers and um, going to the Falcons and things like that. So uh, that's the part where I'm really concerned is that secondary and how it how it uh, comes together. We'll say because if that off defensive line, which is is very pricey, can't manage to get some pressure this season. The linebacking crew is great. I do think that that secondary is susceptible and why I'm a little shy on I'm pulling the trigger on a win total for them. All righty. Baltimore Ravens. 
The Baltimore Ravens are going to look a little different, folks. In comes Todd Munkin. Um, I am a big Todd Munkin fan. I liked him when he was our OC for Tampa. Had Jameis not been an idiot and turnover machine, that offense would have been... It was already a lethal offense with Todd Munkin. But turnover-prone Jameis couldn't win us football games. It entered Todd Munkin. Out is Greg Roman. This team finally goes out and gets a, a nice wide receiver piece um, in... OBJ, if he can stay healthy, sure, he's not in his prime, but he looked pretty damn good in that playoff run for the Rams. <laughs> um, and then you bring in one of my favorite draft picks, I think, of the year in Zay Flowers. Watched a lot of Boston College football. Zay Flowers is phenomenal. So Lamar's getting a new system. The offensive line is kind of intact. He's got some pieces to him. Is that enough to get the Ravens over the hump and start winning some games in the postseason? Um, I mean, we're going to see, I think we're going to find out real soon as we see this offense, you know, we're going to see just how different it is. Um, I also, I like Munkin a lot. I will say this. I didn't really have a problem with Greg Roman's offense. I know it was kind of odd, but I did. It wasn't his fault that Lamar didn't have any weapons. Um, so That's a fair I point. Didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on the Zay Flowers pick. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a monster. Um, the offensive line built. They're really good. Good offensive line. Um, defense should be pretty solid. Um, running backs, we'll see. It doesn't really matter, though. Lamar's just going to run anyways. Um, I'd love to see more two tight end sets because I think Isaiah Likely is a monster. I would love for my team to go out and get him because we could use a tight end. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like this team. My biggest concern, I think everyone's biggest concern, is Lamar's health at the end there. Um, that's been the key, and that's been the issue with this team the last two years. Um, so it, it's impossible for me to do an over-under on this team just because what's happened with Lamar the last two seasons. So also, we have to wonder how much of that might have been contract-related. I don't know. It might have been. Um, so that, that, that might have played a role. But either way, that that's my biggest concern. I think that's everyone's biggest concern. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. They're sitting at plus 10 to win the division over unders at 10 and a half wins. To even hit more on that, 10 and a half is right now what I'm that's seeing. Yeah. It opened at nine and a half and it's moved to 10 and a half. And I think there is a sentiment that this offense is going to be much improved, which I do think it will be simply because of a couple things. One, Greg Roman, it wasn't entirely his fault. You hit on it. They didn't do a great job of providing weapons. To back that up, in the last three years, the Ravens have ranked 31st in wide receiver spending. The team that spent the least, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a little better at drafting wide receivers than the Baltimore Ravens have been. So they get to spend the least amount because they have the greatest wide receiving scouting department the world has ever seen up there in Pittsburgh. Um, the Ravens do not. The fact that they just they've wasted essentially three years of Lamar because they can't get any weapons is ridiculous. Um, and then to harp on it even more, this was shocking. I looked at. So we take peak Lamar 2019. Ravens opening drive TD rate in 2019 was 50%. 2020, 25%. 2021, 11.8. And last year, 5.9. That is that is a huge decrease. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think you're right. I do think we'll see more tight, two tight end sets, which is going to be really fun because Todd Munkin was a fan of that at Georgia. That tight end room was insane. Um, but the thing I really like about Todd Munkin is, unlike Greg Roman, at least when he was in Tampa, 
and he sort of did it at Georgia, but it's hard to tell as much with Georgia because they just had so much more talent than everybody else. But in Tampa, every week the game plan was different based on the defense you were seeing. So like that I think is going to be nice. I do think the benefit to Lamar's health is I, I, I am guessing at this. We're projecting this on my opinion, but I do think this is going to look a little bit more like Louisville Lamar where things are just spread out more. So the boxes are lighter. There's less congestion right up there in the middle. He's kind of moving more to the ends instead of downhill. I think that's going to be a, a big difference. Talk to me about this defense because the defense has got a lot of new moving parts in that defensive line. Like Clayus Campbell's gone. Um, Marlon Humphreys, even though some of his stats you can manipulate to make him out to be like this super good corner, but in reality, and he's had some nagging injuries. He's been a little bit of a liability. I mean, this team, you can't get much worse than what they were in the fourth quarter of games last year. I mean, just could not stop a nosebleed. How do you feel about this defense? Because that is the point where I'm a little... I think that 10 might be a little high. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there should be some concerns about the defense. Um, Marlon Humphrey actually just had surgery again um, on his foot, I believe. Um, so take this however you want. Um, the commanders just had two days worth of joint practices, and everything I've read is that Sam Howell looked very comfortable. Um, <laughs> it's not what you want to hear as a Ravens fan. <laughs> I mean, that's should be kind of concerning. I think Sam Howell will be okay, but I don't yeah. think he should be super comfortable. Um, <laughs> comfortable is so not a good that, word you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to hear. Um, so that's what I heard. So that that should be a bit concerning. Um, they're already having some injuries in the secondary, so I'm sure Ravens fans are wondering why why we let Marcus Peters go. Um, so yeah, that so yeah, there is definitely a concern there. And if Lamar goes down, obviously they're just doomed. Doomed. Yeah, I mean they're, they're nothing. So. It's over. Yeah, the defense is concerning to me because the secondary, there's just not a lot of depth. Like, I like Kyle Hamilton. I think the safety core is really good, but the corners scare me. And you don't have great coverage linebackers to help out alleviate that. You've got Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. Not exactly a, a stud cast of uh, covering yeah. covering uh, linebackers. But to, to Roquan Smith's credit, I probably wouldn't have paid what they ended up paying in draft picks and capital there. But he has seemed to help make a difference with Patrick Queen. Like, Patrick Queen certainly played better as soon as Roquan Smith came onto the roster, which is good because they hadn't really been getting much out of Queen. Um, so that's been helpful. But, yeah, th this is the part that scares me because you're in a division with Joe Burrow. You've got Deshaun Watson, which we'll talk about here next. And if he even ref goes back to, I don't know, 80% of what he was, that's two quarterbacks you're seeing twice that could absolutely torch this team. Plus, you've got, you know... Not the the hardest schedule, but you got to go play teams like the Chargers, Dolphins, Jags are going to be solid in the passing game. You know, a bunch of other teams. So, yeah, the defense is what scares me on this 10.5 win total. Um, I think the offense is going to be really good. Or I, I think the offense has a chance to be really good with Tom Munkin, but the defense is, whew. And I don't know what that defensive line is going to look like. That that defensive line will be interesting. Yeah, I agree. All righty. Let's talk to Sean Watson, Cleveland Browns. Um, as we mentioned, Cleveland Browns come into this year as a plus 400 to win the division. They are sitting at, where were they? Nine and a half win total. A little juiced to the over at plus 108. Deshaun Watson is obviously going to be the story here. He hasn't played a ton of meaningful football in the last couple years. Um can he return to form? What should the expectations be, I guess, for this Browns offense in the return of Deshaun Watson to the NFL? 
Well, I think at this point, I mean, at least halfway through the season, they better hope that he has returned to form. I lean towards he will. I, I think he's too talented. I think he'll he'll figure it out or he'll go back to, you know, how he was. He did take a lot of time off from football. So I think he'll be okay. But if they get about halfway through the season, they might want to start panicking if he doesn't look if he doesn't start to look like old, his old self with all the money they're they're putting towards him. Um I think this is a good team. It's it's just very solidly built team for this division, in my opinion. Um, I think they might be lacking a little bit in the skill position department as far as depth goes. Um, they don't have the same backups and running back anymore. I do like them bringing in on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Zedarius Smith, someone on the other side of Miles Garrett. Zedarius Smith, he's an animal. He, he's he's a little, little older, but he's he's still very good. He's a game wrecker. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a good team. Nine and a half. Thinking this is a 10-win team, I don't necessarily see that. Um, but, I mean, you never know. I mean, they have a really good offensive line. This is a team that can win in December, which matters. Um, so, yeah, it's just – I don't know about the 9.5, but I do think this is a good team that no one's really going to want to play. I 100% agree with that sentiment. I, this is a team, though, if you're the GM, holy hell do you have to be nervous because I agree there's not a lot of depth, but the – kind of front porch of this offense is immaculate. I mean, you have a fantastic coach in Kevin Stefanski, in my opinion, as far as offensive schemes go. You've got good kind of mismatch players. David Njoku is a mismatch. You know, yeah. Elijah Moore, I think, is a really nice piece to add in to Amari Cooper, who Cooper just sort of silently gets shit done. Like, he's always seems to be battling an injury, and yet he still seems to produce. You've got Nick Chubb, who's phenomenal. you got an insane offensive line um, that, as long as they stay healthy, is going to add kind of an extra layer of protection for Deshaun to ease into this thing. Um, so, you get you draft a guy. Um, didn't they draft David? Be oh, no. Yeah, they have. Yeah. So, there's some good pieces here. Um, the defense is interesting. I do like how you mentioned Smith up there. I think that's a benefit add as opposed to Clowney because Clowney's a guy we've talked about a lot, oozes talent coming into this league, but never seemed to have the consistency down to down. And you sometimes question, did he even want to be on the field at times? So I think having another workhorse across from Miles Garrett is a huge win. Yeah, I agree. And then bringing in, I, this just this makes me laugh, just the coaching carousel in the NFL, but bringing in Jim Schwartz, has been everywhere, but he's a damn he's a damn good coach. Every defense that he coaches is always just very intense, and he's kind of intense himself. But man, that guy's been everywhere, dude. That is such a good point. And yeah, David Bell is on the team who I love from Purdue. Or Purdue. Um, but yeah, dude, Schwartz. <laughs> it's so funny. It feels like every time I, we every season we turn the page, I see him losing his mind in a different team's color on the sidelines. He is intense as hell. Um, not a huge blitzer, which is is going to be an interesting steam in this kind of defense. Um, it's really going to highlight that you know Garrett and the defensive line have to get home um, because he is not a huge blitzer. Uh, but that allows to kind of mask some potential secondary issues like most of these teams have some defensive question marks i think that's where this goes um but yeah you've got to be super nervous if deshaun watson can't hit it right away Whew, not only is that contract a disaster but i even if you get him at 70 percent, i think this team is really fun offensively that's kind of yep. where i'm at yep all right steelers 
Mike Tomlinson, I mean, the dude just doesn't know how to lose. I, he has beaten expectations in every way. Maybe not Pittsburgh Steelers expectations because they haven't been able to make the playoffs a win, but the Steelers have covered at the fourth highest rate over the last decade. Um, they've covered 62.5% of their games last season. They had the sixth best cover rate in the NFL. They constantly beat expectations from a win total percentage each season. They've yet to go below 500 in his tenure there, but that is also somewhat of a curse because they have been so good they have not been in line to get a premium pick for quarterback you've got Kenny Pickett coming in here who reports are it's a mixed bag it feels like it's a lot of we're hoping he's going to be a gamer um because practices and everything else the arm strength isn't great everything there what is the expectation for this Pittsburgh Steelers team heading into this season I think they're I think the Steelers are kind of stuck. They're kind of stuck in Washingtonville. Um, <laughs> I think they're really average, and we've kind of been an average team like that for a while, too, even though people like to say we've been terrible. We actually haven't. But anyways, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of a problem with them. But it is insane to think about Mike Tomlin. He's been there for, I don't even remember, at this point, like 15 years, let's just say. And he's never had a losing record. And then I always bring up how Ron Rivera has had three winning seasons in 12 in like, I think it's a 13 at this point, 13 head coaching seasons. Like just think about the difference there. It's um, going to be year 17 for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> unbelievable. And he's gone 17 years and he's never had just what less than eight wins. Is that what it is? Yep. He's never broken below 500. He's had a winning season technically every season. I mean, and Ron is 17 compared to Ron Rivera's three. <laughs> But yeah, this team, this is, it's an odd team. I, I, they, they have a pretty good roster. They have good players in certain areas. They have a defense that's kind of just dominated by big names, but that's kind of surrounding poor talent really on defense. Yep. Um, they have, I like the wide receiver room. I think George Pickens, if, if Kenny Pickett just doesn't care about throwing in the ball, because Pickett, 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 Pickens, good <laughs> Pickens, Pickens is definitely going to suffer with separation. He's not going to be able to get good separation, but he's he's kind of a Brandon Marshall type. Now, Brandon Marshall was lucky in his career because he had three quarterbacks that just said, fuck it, Kyle Orton, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Jay Cutler that just threw him the ball. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is that guy. Um, I, I'll say they, they probably saw it. I mean, at least I saw enough out of Kenny Pickett last year towards the end to at least – give him another try this season i'm not necessarily a believer but i do think he showed me enough um but either way this team it, it's it's about a 500 team that that's what they are um you know they're they're just they're not gonna in my opinion make the playoffs but mike tomlin can always prove me wrong he's done a phenomenal job of doing that thus yes. far um it's really been incredible their win total sits at eight and a half so vegas would agree with you about a 500 team um, the offense is interesting. Nobody likes themselves more than Pickens at this point. The social media team has been hyping him up. And at first glance, you're like, holy shit, this is insane. And I like Pickens. I liked him at Georgia. I like the kind of fieriness attitude he has. But then you remember, like, this secondary is not good. <laughs> like, there's not a lot. Like, Patrick Peterson, the, the reports out of camp is he's locking down everybody. If 33-year-old Patrick Peterson is your best corner right now, I don't want to see these videos posted. That's insane. He played for Minnesota last year. You remember that defense? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a nice little piece, I think, 
to help the young guys because they go out and they draft a legacy in Joey Porter Jr. to like help get those guys maybe caught up to speed. Maybe you can move him to safety later. But like he's not keeping up this season. So like if he's your best corner apparently in camp right now, oh man, sound the the alarm bells. Um one piece I do love, I love that they drafted Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Darnell Washington, this offensive line struggled. There were some some decent highlights for sure, but it wasn't kind of what you needed it to be. He is a phenomenal blocking tight end. That dude is what, 6'7", 265, ran up like a 4'6", I think his passing skill or his catching skills are going to be um, used a little bit more here because in Georgia, I think he got a little lost in that tight end room because there's just guys everywhere. Um, so I think the league is going to become... He was one of my favorite draft picks in a very heavy dra- tight end draft this year. Um, so I love that move. Allen Robinson, definitely not in his prime anymore, but... He's a nice piece. You throw him in the slot is apparently where they're going to have him. He's a big physical wide receiver. Like things aren't great for Pickens or Pickett, but like he's got some nice pieces around him. It's just is he a gamer? Because that's yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of skills that like he's not oozing talent right now. So he's got to be a gamer. Yeah, I, that 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 is the problem. I mean, he's got some big bodies to throw to. Then he's got Deontay Johnson. I mean, he he has. He has some weapons. I do wonder at this point, you know, we always bring up first-round running backs. I wonder if they're – I mean, I think Najee Harris is good and has can be very good, but, man, that's a first-round pick. Eee, I don't know. Yep, I'm with you there. They also made a pick similar to the Browns and going to get an edge guy to complement their star. Uh, Marquise Golden got him for one or $1.3 million. He's a nice little solid piece to put opposite of TJ Watt. Now, obviously, TJ Watt is the – the straw that turns the drink in, in Steelersville. Like without him, this defense has zero shot. But putting Golden opposite of him and kind of being able to work him in, I, I think that's a pretty nice little piece. Somehow, Cameron Hayward is just continuing to be dominant on the defensive line. We we talk a lot about father times at quarterback. That's one. I mean, that man is in the muck, the trenches, and he's still kicking strong. He's a beast. I don't know how the hell he does it, but yeah, it's a good idea bringing him up because he's unbelievable. He's got to be at least 33, 34 years old, I would say. Dude, he is getting up there for sure. I mean, let's see. Great podcasting moment here. <laughs> he is 34. Holy hell. Impressive. And he's had really no fall off. Like, he is still a stud. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick, that was a nice little piece they added uh, into the backfield there. Um, but this is a team that, like, the secondary scares me, which is kind of funny. I feel like we've now said that about every one of these teams in this division, <laughs> which is it's not a great trend. Um, but, yeah, this team, I, they're a 500 football team. They're not making the playoffs. They, they would need literally, I, I mean, just right away, they catch the Browns, which was a weird schedule quirk. I don't know if you saw this. They played the Browns back-to-back weeks. At the beginning of the season? Am I looking at that right? Wait. Hold up. No, no, no. no, no. I think that's I a misprint on my sheet. I don't have them here. I have them. Yeah, never mind. That, that's a misprint. All right. I was like, hold up. Wait a second. That's not right. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> there we go. But, yeah, that's a tough little entry to the, to the season. I mean, they got to be careful because unless everybody gets hurt in front of them, it's a 500 football team. This schedule is not kind. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, four teams down. Any actionable 
bets you're placing, anything you're doing in this division, or are you kind of just letting it ride and, and seeing who can survive the gauntlet this season in the AFC North? Yeah, I mean, obviously, of course, in football, health is health's the biggest. I feel pretty good about the Bengals winning this division just because, like we said, every secondary kind of sucks, and most of these teams are running teams, but Cincinnati's not. So I, I just I like their ability just to score more points than everyone in this division. Yep. I agree. I think the line is going to have a little bit of a tick up this year, which is going to be helpful. I think they'll be a little bit better. A um, lot of guys in contract years. So there's a big incentive to play big this year. Um, and it is kind of a win at all costs. Zach Taylor. I think if Zach Taylor hadn't made the adjustments and kind of shown us that he can be a head coach and an offensive coordinator last year, I'd have a little bit more doubts, but I agree. I don't hate taking a look at maybe some prop bets for the Ravens. Um, this season, you know, guys like Zay Flowers, Isaiah Likely, um, because this team is going to be much more pass-oriented. They're really going to open things up. I think that offense is going to be a lot of fun. Um, betting week-to-week week on that team should be interesting. So, yeah, I, I I do think the Bengals, I think they win this division. But the Ravens, I think, are going to give them a win for their money. It's just whether or not that secondary can come together for the Ravens. I think those are the the one and two for this division. Um but yeah, that, that's where I'm at with that. I don't love their over-under on their wins totals, though. I'll say that right now. <laughs> All righty. Anything else before we wrap this up? Um, no, nothing really. I know you were busy last night, so you probably didn't see this. But did you see the one snap Josh Allen had where he was just running like a maniac last night? <laughs> no. I saw the Patrick oh, Mahomes one. He... Just classic Josh Allen where he just he gets a snap. He starts running just down, you know, just perpendicular. Goes two feet in front of the line of scrimmage, fakes a pass. I mean, obviously he's not going to pass. Turns around, runs back behind the line of scrimmage, and the whole time I'm just like, "This is the preseason. <laughs> Throw it away. Slide. What are we doing?" And he just does none of that, and then just gets just gets pummeled. Uh, this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. I'm a little worried about Josh Allen just just being too scatterbrained. A maniac. <laughs> This is the preseason. I was blown away by what I was watching. That was like Patrick Mahomes making that sideline throw I saw. It's like, dude, just go out of bounds at this point. Like, what are we doing? It's like, let's pull a groin. Let's, let's just do that. Unbelievable. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, God. That is fun. All righty. That'll do it for us today. And as always, peace.